Today on Snail Trail 4x4, Tyler and Jimmy get a little leakage. Snail Trail 4x4 is brought to you by Bestline Racing. Bestline Racing has a complete lineup of performance additives for your engine's needs. From our oil additives to our fuel treatments, we have you covered for your hobby, tow rig, race car, or your daily driver. Check the show notes for your Snail Trail 4x4 discount at bestlineracing.com. Welcome one, welcome all to the Snail Trail 4x4 podcast. If you like going off-roading in Toyotas, wrenching on Toyotas, camping in Toyotas, and maybe even poking a little bit of fun at Toyotas, and of course, hearing about how awesome first aid kits are in Toyotas, then this is the podcast for you. That's right, ladies and germs. My name is Tyler. Welcome to the show. This is episode 136 and sitting here next to me, riding the big wave, is the one and only Mr. Jimmy Jet. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing good, Tyler. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm happy with my big wave. Yeah. How's yours? The Kona is going well, mm-hmm. going down smooth. That's good. As they should, because it's a nice golden ale. Mm-hmm. It's a fun beer. It is a good beer. Um, it's not my favorite. <laughs> no. I bought a, I bought a, I don't remember, it was a... 2418 variety like pack that. from Kona Brewing. No, it was oh. all this because I wanted to try oh, really? the golden ale on a camping trip somewhere. I don't remember when, um, but I ended up drinking in like two or three cans on the camping trip and I was like, eh, not my favorite. It's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, an, it's like an ale. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing special. It's just a normal or is it an ale or a it, lager? It's, it's a golden ale. ale uh, I yeah. mean, it almost tastes like a lager or a Pilsner though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, so how are you doing? Good. How's life's life? going well? Life's doing all right. Not how's, bad. How's snail armor? Busy. Busy? That's yeah, good. I think I'm about or damn near close of being sold out of everything and already <laughs> have things on order, but I really want to finish the Tundra version uh-huh. before I reorder, reorder mm-hmm. which I've, uh, you know, have already told the vendor that I want to order a bunch of like the quantity I want so they mm-hmm. can start ordering the, the metal, mm-hmm. but I'm slightly tempted to just change the the overall or which items i'm going to be ordering it because i was planning on ordering some tundra versions and i might just replace the tundra versions with second gen pickups okay just to get the order going to get the order going going yeah Mm -hmm. so i don't have a big downtime Mm -hmm. between being sold out which is going to happen today or tomorrow (laughs) or possibly the next day (laughs) and when i actually get parts in which could be upwards of two to three weeks yeah so um, I'm not sure. I've been working with Hustle Nuts, and we've been trying to figure out um, a way to make the Tundra stop rattling. Okay, because the bolts for the Tundra are on like the on the, like let's just say the top end, and there's none that wrap around the bottom side. Uh, it's similar so to the, the um, similar to the Toyota pickups. Okay, in a way. And so when I put like we made a perfect version and bolted it up to the Tundra, and it fits perfectly, mm-hmm. but it the far end of it rattles yeah. because it's there's nothing securing it down. So I'm thinking about pop rivets or riv nuts or 3M tape or um, hustle nuts came up with a out of the completely out of the box idea of like as he does, yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, is to slightly bend it in a yeah. way. Okay. Um, so my curiosity is if uh, if we slightly bend it, is it going to deter 
immensely away from the flat version? Yeah. Um, or is it enough to just put enough pressure mm-hmm. on one side that it won't rat that'll like, you know, yeah. like, like semi trucks have the mm-hmm. bow on the trailer when there's no weight on it. But yeah. then when you add all the weight, it flattens out. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm kind of curious how it's going to, how it'll lay out. I don't know. Cause to me, it seems like the, the three M and just including some like three M rubber squares mm-hmm. to it is going to be the way to go. Uh, just because part of what you've been going on about is that you can put the panels on right side up or upside down or right side. Yeah. Either way. Mm-hmm. So if you put a bend in it, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. So it's true. Um, it's, it'll take away a little bit of the functionality of it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I think um, if it's three M, do you probably, you could put it on either way, but then you, once you take it apart, you probably can't flip it over. No, I, I wouldn't imagine that people are going to be flipping it over once it's on. I doubt it too. Um, um also I, I'm like somewhat against pop rivets because if you ever do need to get behind the tailgate, then <laughs> you you've got to anymore. drill out the pop rivet and it's <laughs> yeah. too permanent. Yeah. So I'm um, slightly against that one. I kind of like the idea of the riv nuts, mm-hmm. but I do want to also keep it as easy to install and not mm-hmm. need to make any modifications, though yeah. I will provide them with a full-size life-size template <laughs> yeah. that would have the holes that they just have to do a center punch down into and then drill away later Yeah. once they remove it again, but... It's not going to be a difficult install, but it would be you now. You need a drill and mm-hmm. a popper. It's just a lot more and, to go on rather mm-hmm. than just a Torx bit and undoing some bolts. Right. Yeah. So I think that a slight bend might be a good option if mm-hmm. it works. Because, mm-hmm. but I'm curious if it's how much it might deter away from the flatness yeah. of a tailgate. Yeah. Um, 3M tape might be the first version, and then maybe if it, I'll find out. It'll be a test run and see if mm-hmm. I have any complaints or. Um, if they work well and mm-hmm. then maybe figure it out from there. Cool. But all that is delaying the time <laughs> for me to release, um, more product yeah. because I want to add the Tundra version into this purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't have it solved, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm weighing my options here. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Um, it's good to hear that you're almost sold out of stuff, though, and things yeah. are moving along, so that's cool. Um, more yeah. flights, similar, similar spot, I guess, is um, where it's just constantly out of product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got about 60, 70 orders out over Friday and Saturday, uh, pretty much, and then uh, another 25 orders came in over the weekend. So yeah, that's crazy. Now we have another 25 orders to, to go and put together and get out of here, um, which I think we have enough still inventory to do and get out today or tomorrow or, yeah, preferably tomorrow at the latest. Um, so that's moving right along. Uh, we're working on uh, opening up Australian distribution. Really? So there's a big company in Australia called Drifta camping and four-wheel drive. Okay. And they actually apparently do a lot of work with a big Australian YouTube channel, um, which is, I think they just renamed it um, four-wheel drive 24-7, four-by-four 24-7, something hmm. like that. Okay. Um, so they do a lot of work with uh, that channel, that YouTube channel. And um, so we're thinking about uh, trying to get the distribution open in Australia with Drifta. So all the Australian listeners should be able to get some more flights here. Um, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll see how that comes along. The uh, Otherwise, uh, everything's cranking and cruising right along. Um, and we'll, we'll get some more updates as we get more updates. I do have some Vier compressors 
that uh, were the incorrect compressors to order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for what I was intending. So essentially, they are the Vier 400P automatic compressors. Uh, and we have four left that need to be kind of clearanced out and gone. So uh, those are 250, 255 bucks on Amazon, something like that. Um, I will do $215 shipped to the continental United States if anybody's interested. Wow, that's a hell of a deal. uh, Let me know. Uh, I'd love to get those out of here so I can get the correct compressors in. And if anybody's interested, let me know. So you can shoot us an email, shoot us a message on Instagram. Uh, I've stopped trying to get through Morflate's messages on Instagram, the DMs. Too many of them are coming in. I can't keep up with them. (laughs) So uh, if you have any customer service things that you need, if you want to be considered for an influencer program, uh, marketing program that we have, uh, get in touch with us via email. Otherwise, your messages probably will not get answered on Instagram. (laughs) Sorry. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's it's, things are going along and I I need to start hiring some more people, I think. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, So cool. The... That's the updates with Snail Armor and Morflate. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, the Ultimate Garage Giveaway still going on. That's going to be going on through, I think, November 15th. So make sure that you click that link down in the show notes here on this episode and go to the Ultimate Garage Giveaway. If you don't see a link for the Ultimate Garage Giveaway, then go to the website. It's because your podcasting platform, your app, does not show you the whole show notes. So go to the website, snailtrail4x4.com, and there's a link on every single episode for the Ultimate Garage Giveaway. Go there, enter for the giveaway. They just want to know, they just want you to answer three questions in a video and give that video to them. Once you do that and submit your video, take a picture of the screen. You'll have about five seconds to uh, take a picture that says, thank you for submitting your entry to the Gear Ranch Ultimate Garage Giveaway Contest. We'll get that screenshot and then come over to the snail trail runner up gear wrench. Corey's garage emptying of epic and proportions. I don't know what it is and uh, set up in there. So yeah, send that to us and then mm-hmm. you have a chance to win somewhere around $10,000 worth of tools. Mm-hmm. That's just for our listeners. Yeah. Just how for the many, podcast listeners. how many submissions do we have? Have you looked uh, recently? I haven't looked recently. So last time I looked, it was seven seven entries. And so, so that goes until November 15th. So we have about a month, a little under a month here to get those entries in. And then we'll be going through and picking a winner in December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right now you have a one in seven chance. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good odds for $10,000 in tools. <laughs> so uh, I think that's about it. Oh, I did want to give a huge shout out to all the listeners, the patrons, everybody out there, but especially the listeners this time, just because it is super cool running into people out on the trail. Right? Isn't that fun? Yeah. So we we talked last episode about being up on uh, Strawberry Pass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we ran into some really cool guys uh, out on the trail that day. So there were a couple guys in some XJs, and it was just funny because they were like, uh, I was in the front of the line, right? And they were coming the opposite direction, so they stopped, and they're all, wait a minute, pointed at me and they're all Jimmy. I was like, no, he's back there. And he goes, Tyler. I was like, yeah, he goes, I'm listening to you guys right now. I was like, oh, that's (laughs) funny. (laughs) So, uh, getting to run into those guys, uh, Corey gave them some prizes. He was handing out prizes all day on the trail (laughs) to people. That was fun. He was a very popular guy. Uh, and then, uh, running into some other guys who just watched the strawberry pass video 
that you posted a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's funny about that is they, they kind of knew about snail trail forks for, but didn't realize that either of us was there. And I was talking with them, talking with them. And I was like, where are you guys from? And he goes, the Bay area. And I was like, Oh, cool. You know, what are you guys doing up here? He goes, well, I'd, I wanted to get out and uh, run the trail. And I came across this trail in a YouTube video and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Didn't really think too much about it. And uh, then at the end, I was like, hey, do you listen to any podcasts or watch a lot of YouTube? And he goes, yeah, not really any podcasts, but I do watch quite a bit of YouTube. And I was like, okay, cool. You should check out Snail Trail 4x4. He goes, oh, that's the video I just watched on Strawberry Pass. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? With Jimmy? He goes, yeah. And I, I turned around. I was like, Jimmy, 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 wave. And you turned around and waved. I was like, that's Jimmy. He goes, oh, my God, that is him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so, was funny. It was pretty funny running into those guys and um, just seeing the 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 small world, I guess, community uh, mm-hmm. of off-roading and the listeners and the people that watch the YouTube and listen to the podcast and running into everybody out in the wild. So right. uh, shout out to you guys. I always think it's a blast and a fun running into everybody out there. So I agree. Mm-hmm. I think so too. And it really made me think about one of our previous episodes when we were talking about geotagging mm-hmm. the locations mm-hmm. and, you know, and just to see it actually happen in person, right? So like yeah. somebody found, I went out and ran a video, I shot a video uh, or I ran a trail, shot a video of it, posted mm-hmm. it online. And now people are going to run that trail because I posted it online. Yeah. It just really reinforces to me that uh, we need to enforce or we need to really talk about and be stricklers about tr- good trail maintenance mm-hmm. and good etiquette and yeah. cleaning up after ourselves. I mean, as we were going down the trail, I think, you know, I saw Beer Andy and Corey and I don't, I don't, you were in I the front mainly. One. Yeah. We, all of us stopped at some point and we're picking trash up mm-hmm. off of the trail. Like we just come to a stop in the middle of the trail and just go out and grab something and throw it in the back of the rig and continue yeah. to wheel on. And as long as you're, you know, maintaining the trail, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the trail should remain o- open for all of us. Yeah. So here's another point that, um, that did you ever go check out the Instagram account? Uh, your public lands hate you. Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah. So their big thing is that as influencers and content creators, we always typically want to get like the best shot. We want to create the best content, right? Sure. And a lot of time that ends up being and looking like we are really out into the wild, right? We're really far away from civilization. When in actuality, we're like maybe a foot off of the trail. (laughs) The trail is literally right there. It's just not in the picture. So it looks like we're way out in the middle of nowhere having a good time. And um, it's it's a different concept. Now that I've, he mentioned it on that page, I was looking into it. I'm noticing it all over the place is that a lot of off-roaders out there will try and do the same thing, right? We want to get out away from civilization. That's the mm-hmm. point of off-roading. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of us are going and taking pictures right off of the trail. And like even the trail might still even be in the picture, but we're off the trail, putting a tire up on a rock or something like that. And you look in you know, we're, we're sitting in the bushes on the side of the trail. We're sitting in the vegetation on the side of the trail. And if only one person ever does it in that one spot, probably not a big deal. But the problem is, is that the perception is getting put there that that is okay to do right by all of us influencers and content creators. So I've started kind of pointing it out to people on Instagram off roaders when they go and, you know, even if their, their back tires are still in the trail or maybe their, their passenger side is up on a rock on the side of the trail, but their rear passenger tire is in a tiny little plant or something. I'm like, Hey, look, I get it probably nobody else is ever going to do that in that one spot right there. It's not making that much damage, but we need to be careful as 
content creators that we're not putting off the perception that doing that is okay in the first place. Sure. Absolutely. And so that was kind of a realization ever since I've noticed it, I'm noticing it in almost every single off-roading pictures on Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's really a bummer. So, um, speaking of, you know, just being better influences on everybody out there, um, just be careful about what you're doing. Um, you know, you may just be doing that one time. Nobody's ever going to follow you in that one spot and do it, but it's giving the perception that that's okay. And if once more and more and more and more people start thinking that's okay to do, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. So no, definitely. And I, it's funny because after talking about all this, I've really become, and this is where I'm, we're on a bird track right now. Oh yeah. This isn't even our main topic, <laughs> nope. but after talking about it, I've really become more of a strickler of just staying on the trail. Mm-hmm. And even when the trail splits, mm-hmm. I try to find like, which one was the original trail? Yes. Right. That's the one I should be on. I shouldn't be on just this like, oh, the, you know, like, oh, the trail splits around these trees, you mm-hmm. know, and it's probably a good area for people to pull out on, you know, for passing, mm-hmm. you know, I really try. And if there's nobody there, I really try to stick like, this is the main this trail. Is the this line, is where yeah. I'm supposed to be. This is the line that I'm supposed to be on, Yeah, you know, and not diverging or moving out, you know, one way or another. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there. Be cognizant of it, everybody. Um, you know, do as little damage as possible because we want these places to still be around and we want them to still be around in such a way that you can enjoy being out in the wild without three or four different trails in one spot where mm-hmm. it looks like there's just always people there. That's kind of the, the anti point of why we go out in the wild, right? We don't go out off roading to be around a bunch of people in society, right? Typically. So, um, just be cognizant of that when you're going and posing up for pictures or parking somewhere for lunch, just be aware of where you're going, what you're doing out there, please. Definitely. Cool. (laughs) Now that we got that out of the way. Right. Were there any (laughs) other little updates? I mean, we have some reviews, but we can talk about them next episode. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't get any new patrons, but the gift box tier is open. So if Mm -hmm. you guys want to move up or get a gift box from us, then go sign up for that. Uh, I think that's really about it. We talked about Garanch. Go listen to the Trail Chasers episode. Yeah. We did an interview with them, so go check it out on Trail Chasers over wherever you can find uh, podcasting uh, podcasts, I guess. (laughs) So it was the one that came out last Thursday. It's a fun episode. So check that yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. And we released a little bit of it on our um, mm-hmm. our platform. But if you want to hear the you know the befores and afters of the interview, uh, go check out their episode. Yeah, that um, was a lot of fun. And then shoot Cody an email telling him how gimpy he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's about it. Shall we get over to the main topic? Let's do it. All right. Hang on to your britches, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right on back with today's campfire discussion. Welcome back, ladies, germs, gentle ladies, all the kids out there, the dogs, those trail dogs that are always fun. Uh, word of the wise, do not fall asleep while off-roading. There's some Instagram accounts that are popping up, <laughs> getting pictures of people falling asleep while off-roading. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's a... F- I want to say it's like falling asleep while off-roading. I don't remember what it's called. Sleeping while off-roading? I have to look it up. But anyways, it's pretty funny. <laughs> the shenanigans that get pulled on off-road sleepers. Anyways, today's topic is not about sleeping. It is about off-roading, though. 
Shocking. Shocking, right? So what we're going to be doing is we have a list here in front of us of different safety requirements that you should, quote unquote, should have done to your vehicle in order to go off-roading. And what this list is, is we're using a specifically the California Four-Wheel Drive Association, their safety requirements for your vehicle if you are going to a Cal Four-Wheel sponsored event. Okay. So like Sierra Trek, um, the, high de- uh, the Tierra del Sol, um, the High Sierra Poker Run, anything like that, Winter, Winter Fun, Fun Fest. Fest. So any, any off-road event, um, this list is kind of like what they do the safety checklist for, right? And a lot of off-roading events do this just kind of like a liability thing, right? So that you don't burn down your vehicle or endanger yourself or other people while you're out on the trail during an event. Sure, absolutely. I uh, have firsthand experience with this list just recently because Bobcat (laughs) went through the tech inspection at the Esprita 4 clinic. And, Did he pass? And I'll just say it was a good thing Chris from Wheeling Wine and Whiskey was doing the inspection. <laughs> that's funny. So that's that's going to be part of today's episode is we're going to go through the list and we're going to say whether or not our personal vehicles have these items. Right. And then we'll talk about, you know, is this is this item, do we think that it should be here on the list or do we think that... It should be, you know, something more stringent than what it is on the list. Or do we think that it's like kind of like eh, it needs to be kicked off of the list and thrown away? Yeah. So we'll put down the judgment hammer, the ban hammer here uh, to, to revise a new list. And then we might come up at the end and be like, is there anything else that should be here that we don't have on here? That's not listed here. So. I hope that all makes sense. I think it should be a lot of fun because I, uh, looking through this, I already know there's like two or three items on here that Kermit does not have. Oh yeah, Bobcat. <laughs> Bobcat doesn't fit a few of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, we're going to get going through the list and we'll see. You guys can play along and uh, you guys can figure out whether you have these items in your list uh, on your rig as well. And uh, if you are particular listeners, you can yell at your radio and maybe have to pull over to uh, walk off some anger issues at this list and yelling at your, your radio while you're driving. So, all right, you ready to go? So I'm just going to set a little ground rule for us. Okay. It's either a yes or a no, <laughs> no, no, no sort of kind of, yeah. Cause I know like one of them is front recovery points or just recovery points uh, okay. or something like that. And so, you know, it's not like, well, I could wrap it around my axle, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, do I have it or do I not? Yes. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first one on the list is a roll bar or factory installed hardtop. Okay. I think that's a, that's does a Bobcat good, have that one? I think you would classify that as yes, because you it do? has a cab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, and Kermit does pretty much any Toyota out there except for maybe an FJ 40 is going to have a roll bar or factory installed hardtop. I know a lot of uh, FJ 40s like to remove that hardtop and be an open top mm-hmm. uh, vehicle. I wonder so, if the trekker, the geo trekker. No, the, the tracker tracker the tracker, the geo. No, tracker. it's the, the very first forerunner. Oh, the Hilux. No, the we, Hilux surf. Was it the surf? I thought I'm it was called the sure tracker was, or the trekker. Maybe. I know there was one, there was a couple models like in the same year, they were pretty much the same thing, but the one that was a calibration with Winnebago. 
Uh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I think it was the Trekker then T R E K K E R. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I wonder okay. if that one had a roll bar. Anyways, that's besides the point. So, yeah. um, yes, Bobcat passes this as it said, it still has the cab. Mm-hmm. No modifications have been to the cab. No holes mm-hmm. necessarily inside of it. And, and your so a pillar and B pillars are not damaged a, currently. B, a, B and C pillars. <laughs> All right. <fine. laughs> that's right. You do have C pillars. Uh huh. Okay. Um, yeah. And so that's definitely something. So if you're a Jeep and you have like, if you're running a soft top, you know, you need to make sure that you have a roll bar in there. Mm-hmm. So do I think this is a good item to have? Yes. 100%. I, I absolutely agree. Now, do you think that it should be more stringent? Could it, could it be more stringent or do you think that this is sufficient? The only way I could see it to be more stringent is if they were to classify on how, um, how it's reinforced. That's kind of what I was thinking. So like a pillar supports or a and B pillar reinforcements, Mm -hmm. because that's where you typically most of the time your passengers in the vehicle are going to be or tied to the frame. Yeah. Not to the body. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or I don't know if you want to, I mean, you could go as specific as like must be D like Dom tubing a or certain size Dom tubing yeah, or, or something, yeah. you know, so it's not like the nerf bar bumpers, you know, it's an actual like beefy bumper or something. Um, one thirty second wall aluminum tubing, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, Charlotte here. Yeah. Um, so I do think I do. I think it needs to be a little stricter. No, I think, um, you know, it, I think it would be this one could be left up to kind of the inspector's mm-hmm. decision whether that's going to be a sufficient roll bar or not. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ultra Four started out with, you know, you had to have a roll cage and your 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 chassis or something had to be created out of this whatever dom size tubing it mm-hmm. was, and now they've gotten more and more stringent on that yes. as to what size your dom tubing has to be if you want to run in certain classes, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can, I see it. And I don't think they need, I don't think, um, Cal four wheel needs to go as far as saying cage instead yeah. of roll bar. Okay. Um, because at least for that level yeah. of what the, what they do during their runs and mm-hmm. what they have now. And for an everyday wheeler, I think this is a good thing that everybody should at minimum have. Yes. Um, the upgrade would be a cage yeah. of some sort, but, um, I think that it, I think the rules good and I think we both pass. Yep. I agree. I'm in that same kind of ball, ball, um, same ball. I don't know what I'm going ballpark. for. Ballpark. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree. I think that a factory installed hard top or a, a roll bar is sufficient for what 90% of wheelers out there are doing. Um, once you start getting into things where you are looking at, you know, down in the, you know, a lot of the trails in Johnson Valley, I think that those that those would be very highly encouraged to actually have some kind of roll cage or um, some kind of bar cage support that's tied into the frame. I really like that because if you do roll over and you crunch the body, then there's a, a propensity to break off your body mounts and then mm-hmm. <laughs> you're kind of gone. And with this, yeah, well, and the body is nowhere near as strong as the frame yeah. is. So the body can crimple a lot easier than mm-hmm. things that would be attached to the frame would be. Yeah. The only, for the most part, I've, done, I've never been to TDS, um, Terrell de, Terra del Sol. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what type of wheeling necessarily is out there, but I mean, for Sierra Trek, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, they've had rollovers. Yes, they have, you know, and so does it need to be more strict 
to blanket all of the events or do they have to make their rules specific rules or make it as strict as the most difficult event would be? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of looking at this list more as not necessarily for their, I mean, I guess we could look at it both ways. I wasn't necessarily looking at it in terms of their event, but looking at it in terms of your vehicle, mm-hmm. um, the average person's vehicle. And are these good guidelines to go off of Okay, for your vehicle? Yeah. But, I mean, for me mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. I think this is a good baseline. I agree. And I should probably have a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> cool. So number two, on the list here is an emergency brake, parking brake, line lock, or other redundant braking system. So something to brake your vehicle, not brake you, something to stop, stop your momentum um, other than relying on your brakes. Does a rock outside count? Uh, not according to this. Nope. <laughs> Bobcat fails. Bobcat currently, yep. since I did the rear disc swap, does not have an e-brake. Yeah. Kermit does not either. So the first gen forerunner, I had a, a pinion brake on the, the back of the transfer case and that worked phenomenal. I, I really liked that. Um, but I think I'm going to be looking into putting in line locks yeah. on Kermit. Same with Bobcat. Yeah. Uh, right now I use four by fours. <laughs> I carry four by Literal fours with four me. by four pieces of wood. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Not other people's vehicles. Oh yes, I think that's true. <laughs> so is this a good one? Is, I mean, what about, uh, like, uh, Jason from willing wine and whiskey, his buggy, does not have parking brakes. He has park in his transmission, but he has no parking brakes, no line locks, no way to, to put the vehicle, I guess, from moving if he's in neutral, I guess. But he has a park in his transmission. Does park in your transmission count, count as a redundant braking system? I don't know. I mean, I would say no, uh-huh. though it would if you slam your vehicle into park, it would stop you. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. If it doesn't, you have some other issues. The thing, of, the thing that I see about this is that with a manual, you have no way, if you're on a hill, you have no way to get out of the vehicle and leave the vehicle running. Correct. You have mm-hmm. to turn off the vehicle and mm-hmm. put it in a gear. Mm-hmm. So I do think that parking brakes are um, a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. I do think this is a good thing on their list mm-hmm. because there's times when you just don't need to turn off your engine or don't have to now turning off your engine is an alternative, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's not the same. It's not a solution. Yeah. So, see, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air on this one. I think it's a good idea to have, but do I think it's an essential thing? I don't know because no, I would say it's not an, I don't, I would agree. It's not an essential item, Mm -hmm. but is it a good item to have? If do you need, I guess the question is, do you need to, have your vehicle running and you out of it. Yeah. It's a good question. And I don't think you do. I don't think you do either. Um, I mean, how I've been, I, you can, my parking brake has not really ever worked in Bobcat, (laughs) even though Uh I had one Uh and it like, I would not rely on it parked up on an obstacle to take a cop out and take a photo of, I would literally turn the, turn the truck off and And then hop out and keep it in gear and then hop out and take the photo. Mm -hmm. So I don't actually, you've, you've swayed me. I don't think it's an essential. I don't, I think they could remove this off their items. I agree. I think this can be removed off the items. I know that at one point they were the way they would test this is make you turn on your emergency brake and be in first gear and see if it would stop your vehicle from moving. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, there's no way in hell 
even my regular brakes, let alone my parking brake, would stop my vehicle if I'm down in my lowest first gear. Sure. Like, there's, I'm yeah. going gonna to pull through my brakes no matter what brake system is on there. Yeah. I know so. in the Esprit F4 clinic, what they do is they actually, you drive up a hill, uh-huh. you stop, you put the e-brake on, you let off your brakes, and then you have to turn your vehicle back on and start continue up the hill. Oh, interesting. And so okay. they require you to have a have parking brake. Pa- parking brake. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I just told the assistant, like, I'll just leave your dang foot on the brake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, or leave it in gear and then, you know, keep going. Yeah. You know, and so uh, they have built into their course is uh, a something that safety check a safety, safety check, check for yeah. this specific thing gotcha so yeah i'm i don't i don't think it's a necessity i think that can get removed but i think that it's still a good idea it just makes life a little easier if you have one yeah well let me ask you this let me flip it around what if your brakes aren't that good and this is one of the only ways that you can stop and kind of hold yourself well you re- I, I think you i answered your <laughs> i think i answered my own question because you would yeah. either leave it in gear or leave it in park exactly so yeah, I don't. I don't think it's an essential item to have. Yeah, um, yeah. When I'm on the trail, I almost never use my brakes. Yeah, because I'm always if I need to slow down over an obstacle, I'll just go to a lower gear. But I know there's a lot of people out there that don't do that. In which case, I would argue that you should be appropriately geared for the trails that you want to be going on. So, uh, number three, a toast. Wait, wait. So you in Kermit, you don't. Currently. I do not have okay, one of those. So we both failed that one. Yep. All right. One to one. One to one. So uh, number three is a toe strap or rope. Recommend rated at two times the vehicle weight. Yes. Yes. I 100% agree with that. So do you have it? I do. Absolutely. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, I 100% agree with that. And I this is one that I would actually like to make more stringent. Okay. All right. You would remove I, rope. I would remove rope and I would have a toe strap or a dynamic strap. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's my, and add chains and absolutely you have to have chains on you at all times. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, I carry, I carry a toe strap, a kinetic strap and tree saver and then five or six soft shackles and five or six bow shackles. Uh, I think shackles. at minimum shackles, some shackles should be in there. I well. think, I think that, shackles should be added to this as well. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you have straps, but you have no way to connect them yeah. to anything. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> a factory hook? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to, you're going to tie it around and never get your strap undone. I mean, yeah. I guess you could, you could, or if there are the factory hooks, mm-hmm. you could use those. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times the factory hooks now are just an eyelet. Yeah. And so you need some sort of shackle to go through it. Mm hmm. And at that point is when you would use, I would personally use a D link or a D ring or bow shackle shackle against the metal to metal there and then use a synthetic from that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I know I leave my, um, I leave my bow shackles on the pack of Bobcat permanently. Mm -hmm. I do too. And I cinched it down and zip tied them closed, zip tied them closed. (laughs) So somebody can't just run up with a, you know, a screwdriver to undo, undo it really it, yeah. easily. They've got to work on it a little bit. Yeah. I, I need to do that. I've taken my bow shackles off of my rear bumper because my, um, my bow shackle holders, my, my clevises for them are in between two tubes on my right. bumper. Yeah. So as I'm going down the trail, the bow shackle swings back and forth and loosens itself up by hitting the tubes on the bumper. Oh, interesting. I've lost like four of them before I learned to just take them off. But I, I like your zip tie trick. So I stole that from truck yeah. Norris. <laughs> nice. 
So that one, we both have it. We, we both pass. have it. We both pass. And we agree that it should be more stringent. They either need to, they do need to, well, they need to define rope, I think. I, I agree. Because they could say like a, a specific type of rope, mm-hmm. you know, or a dynamic rope. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're classifying it as, you know, like something I'm going to hang a pinata with. Yeah. Or, you know, a dynamic <laughs> rope. Some paracord or some sort of, rope. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Or and I think they they should add some sort of shackles. Yeah, some kind and of just, connection point. I think they could just be a generic like a way to connect it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I think that's a and I think it's an essential item to carry with you. Anyway, yeah, so. I agree. Uh, number four, a first aid kit. So, do you have one in Bobcat? I do. I don't have one in Kermit. I do. <laughs> Oops. winner i had one in the first gen forerunner i just haven't put one back together i have the cases that i want to put them in and everything i just haven't put one back together and put it in the rig um first aid kit they don't say what kind of first aid kit what are the bare minimums you need to have in it what what kind of do you need a trauma kit or do you just need a a, a couple of benadryls in your kit and some neosporin or you know do you need trauma burn and a twisted ankle kit like what it just says first aid kit so could i go down to walgreens and pick up a a ten dollar first aid kit and is that good like yeah i think yeah i think you know my stance on first aid kits anyway (laughs) Uh i think that they're all a first aid kit really is to my personal opinion a first aid kit is somebody got a boo-boo yeah because once you start like and you can oh, pick somebody door the explorer band-aids and yeah put them on. <laughs> right so once somebody seriously gets injured like i don't think a first aid kit's really going to help you all that much Mm-mm. and your trip then turned into now i've got to solve the issue with the injured person trauma the tra- yeah. The, yeah and i've got to now move the wheeling trips over and we've yeah. got to solve we've got to help that person okay. so i don't think they personally i don't think they need to specify what the first aid kit is you just think just some band-aids and neosporin i've that's really all i think i mean i don't know you don't you don't think that should be more for if you're a for people's vehicles or for events kind of thing i don't i mean i give me a situation let's Uh, see a sprained ankle what are you going to do for it um, you I can, mean, you could, you can brace it, you could brace it, but and wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, I can find some sticks and some paracord. Mm-hmm. I mean, so are, I have paracord sol- part of your kit, I guess. No, uh, but I always carry paracord with me, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I think that, I mean, maybe that's just me. I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, what else, how, so do you carry, so you're going to wrap it with your four by fours. I mean, what, right, what bracing <laughs> yeah. are you carrying with you, you know, or that is in this kit that is going to help somebody with their sprained ankle. It's a big metal thing. That's really flexible, but as soon as you bend it, it becomes rigid. rigid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I carry one of those or I used to, that's, that's yeah. part of my staple in my first aid kits. Right. And is a sprained ankle, I mean, I understand a sprained ankle mm-hmm. is uh, some sort of, uh, you know, injury, mm-hmm. but I don't think it necessarily, like, all they got to do is hobble over to a passenger seat. And then jump in and, and then jump in the and, the the yeah, and then they're not really moving around. Okay. Right. And maybe if it's, you know, maybe if they're the driver of their rig, uh-huh. they're no, and they hurt their left foot and they have to really press on the clutch, mm-hmm. you know, a lot you know, now they're not the driver. Yeah. Right. Like there's, and or if is you, that, you break your shoulder, then you, you're a passenger as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cody, Cody, <laughs> um, you know, and I just, 
I personally, and this is really, this is a personal thing. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that are disagreeing with me mm-hmm. right now. Um, I'm on the edge. I don't know if I disagree quite yet. I'm kind of like, I, I agree in the fact that, you know, if you, if you have something happen beyond Benadryl, Band-Aids and Neosporin, then you're no longer doing the trip. You are finding a way to get back to a hospital, getting care. Yeah. Or if, I mean, if somebody has a sprained ankle, it really is like, do we need, is it what's this, you know, like, yeah. let's go, like, we're going to wheel down to the river <laughs> and you're going to sit in the r- freezing river and put your ice or your yeah. leg in there for 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. You know, um, I don't even know if that's a, a trip ender. Yeah. Unless they're like, I want, I just want out of here, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, it kind of depends on the person, I guess, but I don't, you know, I really do. You know who's yelling at me right now? I just love it is Ian from Wheel every weekend because <laughs> yeah. he was like a medic. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah. And he, I'm sure he has like a backpack full of first aid and drugs yeah. and everything. And it, things like that might like if somebody got their arm ripped off, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it might be nice to have somebody around that has some sort of painkillers that will help that person. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not in a basic first aid kit. No. That's in a more of a trauma one. Yeah. And now is it required for everybody to carry a trauma kit? That's a good so that's kind of where then, I was leading to because I'm like if it's a if it's something like a little cut or something, you just wrap it in your shirt for a little bit and put pressure on it and it yeah. stops bleeding. Even if you cut yourself pretty decently. Yeah. You then either have gauze in a first aid kit or you are wasting a t shirt mm-hmm. and using it to stop the bleeding. Yeah. So my concern is the stuff that first aid kits don't cover. Yes. Should we be cover? Should we be carrying um, uh, a quick clot, or should we be carrying a morphine or a tourniquet? Right. right? Like, my, should should that be part of requirements, safety requirements? And I'm like, I don't know because I don't know either. You, my, in order to use those things, you got to know how to use them. That's I don't what want, I was exactly going to say. Everybody carrying them, you've got to be trained. Yeah, especially if you're like handing out pills. Uh huh. Like if you don't know what these pills <laughs> do specifically, these ones are blue. You can have these. Right? <laughs> no, I want the red one. You know, and if you're if you don't know, like what happens if you start mixing the pills? If you're not understanding all that, yeah, then should you really be having them or handing mm-hmm. them out? You know, like I do think that there's a fine line between how advanced is your first aid kit and, but how advanced is your training on using uh, that first aid kit? Yeah, I agree. So I'm on the fence about this one. I think every vehicle should have a first aid kit, even though I currently don't. Um, that is something I definitely need to fix. Um, but I, I'm on the fence as to, I don't know exactly how far to take, how far to take it. Right. So, and I think the answer, well, and so I think the answer to our, to sit our questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me just ask you this. Should it be required in every vehicle? Yes, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Does it need to be more specific on the type of first aid kit <sighs> that I don't know? I don't think it does. You don't think it does personally, okay. because I think that, um, I think from us talking, it's if they make it like every vehicle must have a trauma first aid kit. Mm-hmm. Well, then I feel that every person that carries that first aid kit should be trained yeah. up that to that level. True. And do they need to then specify that? Yeah. So, so I don't know if I were, if I were going to build, let's just say theoretically, I'm going to build a first aid kit cause I need to anyways. Mm-hmm. I think what I would put in it is some gauze, some medical tape, um, some bandages of different sizes, um, some Neosporin burn gel, uh, Benadryl and Advil meat tenderizer, meat tenderizer. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if I would put anything <laughs> oh in my my metal brace thing. Yeah. Um and then uh, uh magnesium flint. Mm-hmm. That's what would live in my first aid kit. I think that's everything I had in my other one too. I don't think I had burn gel, but I want to add that one there. Yeah. Um and then some basic band-aids and things and Yeah, I I don't know if I would have Neospor. anything else in there necessarily um because a I don't know how to use a tourniquet, so I don't want to use a tourniquet and, yeah. and kill somebody by using it or a quick clot or anything. I was um, trained in a tourniquet a long time ago and I'm not going to say how I was trained. Cause I'm not sure if it's correct <laughs> now uh-huh. cause it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, but I feel that I would be responsible or I would know enough to do it correctly. Gotcha. Um, from my training. Okay. But but you can make a tourniquet out, out of, of a lot of different a things. lot of different mm-hmm. things. So, do you really need to carry a piece of triangle cloth to make a tourniquet with mm-hmm. when you can use it a t shirt or paracord or paracord yeah. or and a stick on the side yeah. of the road? You know, yeah. So that's a good one. Number that was number four, and I on think the list. that also comes down to more training. Yeah, right. The more tra- like the kind of the more training you have in some of these things, the more the kind of more I realize that you don't need to have specific items because a lot of other items can be used can in place for that. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I cool. think a good basic first aid kit mm-hmm. is essential and should be on the list because it would, it would help. Uh-huh. Um, and if you want to have a more advanced first aid kit, which I feel that a lot of people should, you should really get trained on it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And you should get a first aid kit, Tyler, because I'm now beating you <laughs> yes. three to two. <laughs> oh man. So that's next a good, one. that's a good, sorry to interrupt you yeah. twice, but I, that's a, that's a good argument point. And yeah. I think that, um, I think, I think that could be like talked about a lot. I agree. So this fifth one. Okay. Fifth but I also list. want, no, nope, just you're kidding. done. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> fifth one on the list is Five. a Jack capable of lifting the vehicle and tools to change a tire. I don't take yes. one. You don't? No. You don't take a jack capable to lift your rig? Not anymore, no. Interesting. Okay. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, a bottle jack that I use. Yeah, I was thinking about putting one of those into my in the mix. Mm-hmm. I used to carry a high lift. Mm-hmm. But I took haven't used it and ever. Yeah. And I feel like if that You did use it once. Yeah. To scare the shit out of me. I did. Yeah. <laughs> um and there was a cool meme with somebody doing that to somebody else too. The other I saw, but I, um, I think that there's ways that I, if I need to lift a tire, I think there's uh, different situations here. Like if I have a flat tire and I need to get it fixed, I think I can find something that I can drive up onto that will drop the tire okay. so that I can solve that problem. Okay. Now, if I'm broken mm-hmm. and I need to lift a tire and I'm in an awkward situation, I really don't have a solution for that. Okay. What if you are in a spot where you need to jack up a tire and put some rocks under it? Yeah, I can't. You're, you're high centered. I can't do it. I don't have okay. any way to l- technically lift my vehicle. Okay. I'd have, I've not been taking that for a really long time and I haven't <laughs> needed it. You don't just eat your Wheaties right before your spinach and you no, go, I don't. And a lot of time. And one of the reasons I don't do it is because usually somebody out there, I rely on other people to take that item. And I would say almost all the other rigs that I usually wheel with minus you have a high lift with them. Yeah. Well, even if I don't have a high lift, I have a bottle jack. Yeah. And so we can find a way to lift your tire up using a bottle jack. Yeah. And I think a bottle jack is a, is one of the, is the better route than a high lift. I agree. Um, high lifts are, have their advantages and they also have their disadvantages and a bottle jack in my mind, it's small, it's compact and it can serve the purpose unless you're doing suspension work. Yeah, I agree. So what about the second part of this tools to change the tire? 
Yes, I carry that. Okay. Um, I do too. But so. I'm curious, would you make that more stringent? What about other tools? I'm curious, the only tools they mention on this list are tools to change a tire. I wouldn't make this one. I don't think I'd make this more stringent, but I might, if that's the only tools required, I think I'd make another n- another topic. Okay, another another item on the another list? Another item on the list. Okay. Because I do think you should have tools and spare parts. Yes. And I don't know if they talk about spare parts. Uh, spare tire is the only spare part. Yeah, so I would have tools and spare t- or spare parts and tools to fix them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think that I just thought it was interesting. They said, and tools to change the tire. I get that. But then I, that made me think tools are not listed anywhere else on this list. Yeah. Um, and I kind of disagree with that. I think that that should be more stringent. There should be, like you said, another item on there or something that says you need to have tools to do the bare minimum of something. General, but then how do you define that? I think it would. I don't think you could. I don't think you uh-huh. need to say like you need all the tools so you can rip out and repair your transmission. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it'd be more of uh, you need gen- you need basic tools to repair trail maintenance. Yeah, or something. Uh-huh. You know, um, you know, and I think that if they don't have spare parts on there, I think that should be you know spare parts for uh, common breakage issues or mm-hmm. something. I know that the a very, very common breakage or, or, or damage issue on Jeeps is tie rods. Mm-hmm. So tie rods, tie rod ends, um, the, the, especially on JKs, um, the steering box and, and the, the sector shaft brace mm-hmm. yeah. that, that JKs really need to have. There's a lot of people that don't have those. And right. then you rip your steering box off of the frame. Um, there's your, your pan hard bar bracket on JKs for some reason is just really, really shitty from the factory. <laughs> so you need to have that yeah. braced up. A lot of people upgrade those things. Uh-huh. So. Um, and so it's like, what are the most common things to break on your vehicle? And that's different from vehicle to vehicle. Absolutely. Like on a Toyota, the most common thing to break is the driver. So it's <laughs> the, the driver's mind because then he realizes all the, all that he's been not being able to do because of wheeling because of it. It's him. Exactly. Not his vehicle. Exactly. No, no um, steering, steering, uh, steering, steering think, studs, steering studs, I think mm-hmm. are the number one thing for the 85 mini truck mm-hmm. front axle spare hubs. I think yeah. spare hub spare is, hubs a is a good one for one. everybody mm-hmm. that everybody should have. I don't carry a spare hub. You carry a dry flange. Though, I drive which is, carry flanges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually carry a spare hub now. So I have a spare hub. I used to carry uh, dry flanges, but the, I ended up with a spare hub. So I carry that. Um, what about uh, dry, What about drive shafts? Drive shafts? I don't carry a spare drive shaft. Yeah, I don't either. I have one at home, but I don't know A, if it's balanced or B, if it even fits correctly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's one of the things I want to, when I'm doing my whole rear axle mm-hmm. adjustment, I'm now going to keep my old drive shaft and that's going to become my spare. Yeah. And then I'm probably just going to bring it in Clifford whenever I drive Clifford somewhere. There you go. You wouldn't find a way to hang it up underneath your bed rail on the side. Of, on I the, might, the bed? you know, another place I saw that was really cool was between the body and the rock sliders. Ah, that's a good spot. Mm-hmm. Do you, how do you get it secured there? Paracord or tape zip or ties. zip ties? Yeah. Interesting. If there's room for it. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a clever spot. That is a good spot. What are some other things that go out on vehicles? Uh, U-joints. U-joints. Know what U-joints are in your rig? Belts. Belts are a good one. I do carry belts. Mm-hmm. Fuses. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuses. Yeah, definitely. Relays. 
carry some, some extra sometimes. relays. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, so I, this is a weird one. I don't know why it's weird, uh, but I end up for some reason with a lot of people on the trail where fuel pumps go out. There's a lot yeah. of fuel pump I've issues. I've seen that too. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's just happens to be the groups I wheel with. I don't know what it is or if that's an actually a very common thing. I know that Toyota has a big fuel pump recall going on right now, <laughs> right? but, uh, but uh, a fuel pump might be another good thing. It doesn't take up that much space or very much weight, but for some reason people have issues with fuel pumps. Mm-hmm. So I know I've had issues with them. So, right. So uh, going back to the main, to the point, or okay. The main a topic. jack capable of lifting the vehicle and tools to change the tire. Right. Again, hold on there. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make this two points. Okay. So if you have a jack to lift your vehicle capable of changing a tire, one point, if you have the tools to change the tire, another point. second point. Okay. So we both have the tools. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, from that, I think we also both agree that either this one needs to be amended mm-hmm. and needs to be changed to f- have some sort of mention about tools to fix commonly known breakages, mm-hmm. or there needs to be another item on this list. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So number six. So this one is going to be a good one, I think. A spare tire within three inches diameter of other tires or for 37 an inch or larger run flats or tools to repair and reinflate the tire. Yes. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Well, and yes, I have the tools. Yes. So So I I don't I don't carry a spare, though. Yeah, well, both of us don't carry a spare, but both mm-hmm. of us carry tire plug kits. Yes, I carry a lot of plugs. <laughs> I think I carry upwards of 40, 40 plugs at any given time. Oh, dang. I'm so, like 10. Yeah, uh, 40 pl- I carry a lot of plugs. Uh, I noticed, I realized the other day, I do not have enough rubber cement if I needed to use all the plugs, though. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. <laughs> make sure you have enough rubber cement, too, uh, if you for the amount of plugs that you have. Um, but what about the spare tire within three inches diameter of other tires? I think that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. The, the, the issue here is if you're changing your tire out, um, you're not supposed to put a different size tire on, um, one of your drive axles. Correct. So if you're, I think in case of, I, if I would run it, I would put it probably on your front. Mm-hmm. If you had to, if you blew a tire out and you needed to change the tire and your tire is smaller than what tires you have on there. Mm-hmm and you did the tire that blew is on your rear axle, mm-hmm. I would do this. I would lift your vehicle up. I would pull one of the front tires off and okay. put it on your rear axle to replace the blown tire okay. and put the smaller tire up on the front. Uh-huh. And I'd either run two wheel drive or an open diff situation. Open drive. diff. Um, yeah. Don't lock your differential yep. or don't lock the hub on that side. Yep. That's that way you have three wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a, I think I'm with you hundred percent on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, why do you need a spare tire under 37 inch and no spare if you're over 37 inches? I just don't think many people are going to carry it because it's so big. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Now, um, another, this is another one of those items that I typically bring a spare tire if I'm towing and I leave it in the truck. Okay. Yeah. I, I would, if, if I did tow, that's what I would be doing. Mm-hmm. I would have a spare tire and I'd be bringing it down with the tow rig. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So cool. Okay. So neither of us carry a spare tire, but we do have 37 inch or larger tires and we have tools to repair and reinflate. Yes. The tires. Yes. Cool. Now I don't think you absolutely need to carry a spare if 
you're below 37 mm-hmm. as long as you have a repair kit, a, re- a good repair kit. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. That's kind of the thing that I wanted to. I think this can be less stringent on this rule. I don't think you need to necessarily carry a spare all the time, mm-hmm. but then again, it also depends on the terrain you're in. Yeah. Like here in the Sierras, I don't think we need to carry spare spare tires. We don't have a lot of sharp edges to rub our tires on. It's a mm-hmm. lot of smooth granite, right? Mm-hmm. In Moab, I don't think you really need a spare tire. There's not a whole ton of sharp edges. It's a lot of sandpaper, sand rock. Yeah. But um, if you're down in like Johnson Valley, there's a lot of sharp edges in Johnson Valley. If you're um, out on the East Coast, I know that you have to use a lot more momentum to get over things and it's more prone to blowing tires. So I think it really depends on other places too, but at least here in the Sierras with the granite that we have, I don't think you need to carry a spare tire if you yeah. have a good tire repair kit. All right. Well, I'll agree with that one. Cool. Next one, number seven, a fire extinguisher with a gauge indicating good full and appropriately stored. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. I I guess I have to say no. I would agree, actually, with this. Well, well okay. I, okay, hold on. Okay. Yes, you need a fire extinguisher. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But my fire extinguisher does not have a gauge. Yeah, mine... I have three fire extinguishers. Two of them have gauges. And even if a gauge, in my opinion, even if a gauge says good and full, it cannot be good. I mean, it, it could... It could be bad. It could be bad. Still, it yeah. could be reading wrong. Exactly. Right. Um, See, well, that, I carry the element, mm-hmm. which doesn't have a gauge, which is mm-hmm. good all the time, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, f- tech, it, it fulfills some of that. It's a fire extinguisher appropriately stored. Yes, but it doesn't have a gauge. <laughs> no. So I think this one needs to be amended because I think that there's different types of fire extinguishers out there. As long as you have something to extinguish a fire with, and it is appropriately stored where you can reach it. I think that's the key. I don't think that I think. Yeah, I don't. I think they could change the gauge thing to be like and is a good. Fire it, extinguisher yeah, I don't know how to say that condition. is in working order. <laughs> yeah, of some sort, because the element that I run mm-hmm. is in theory, it's good for like ever. Yeah, it doesn't have a gauge. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a good one. I think fire extinguisher with gauge indicating good full and appropriately stored. Both of us run fire extinguishers. Um, both of us have good fire extinguishers that are in working order. Uh, and I think all of our fire extinguishers are appropriately stored. Now, right. what does that mean? Appropriately like, does, stored. Does that need to be fixed? Because I mean, I don't know what appropriately stored means. Are they referring would, to? being able to quickly access it or they're referring to making sure that it doesn't move around and it's strapped down somewhere. Yeah. I don't, I think that might need to be clarified. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it needs to be, uh, amended, but, um, I think that, you know, cause the issue is if it bounces around, it could, the pin could come out and it could Mm -hmm. ignite prematurely, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people I know have problems with premature ignition. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to call anybody out on the show right now? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Um, but I think that if I were to try to clarify what I think they mean mm-hmm. is that it's in, it's a secured properly in an easy accessible location. Yeah, I agree. I think both of those go into what is appropriately stored. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they might need to, change the wording to make it easier for people to understand what they mean. Yeah. 
Cool. Number eight. Wait, I want to ask you. Uh huh. Should I mark myself a point for that? Because I think you fulfill the requirements. Okay. Of it, I don't think you refill what they the exact your your I ends require... your ends justify the means. I should say. Sure. Or okay. Yeah. Whatever. However that works. Right. Six to six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seatbelts for all vehicle occupants. No, I don't think I do. Really? Well, yes, I do. Sorry. Yes, I have them. Okay. I was thinking, um, I was dreaming or thinking that I still had a bench seat in the front, and I don't think I had the third person seatbelt. Oh, Because the bench for the Toyota front truck, Uh you're technically allowed to sit three people up there. Yeah. But I don't have the bench. I have buckets. Yeah. And so I've got four seatbelts. Okay. And four seats. And four seats. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually tried to find the seatbelts in the backseat of Kermit. Uh, granted, I don't think I've had anybody ride back there. Sure you have. That's yeah. true. I did have a few. I had some people at Hammers riding back there. You had some people. Uh, at the bachelor party. Um, at the undisclosed location. I, oh, I did, huh? Uh-huh. Okay. I've had actually a lot of time. And I was going to say the intern. Intern, yeah, I don't have a seatbelt for him. <laughs> uh, that's been, that has been one thing though. I do want to get for him is some kind of harness and seatbelt system for him specifically. Mm-hmm. That way, hopefully it'll just make it easier for him to be sturdy while bouncing around over rocks in the rig. Um, I am pretty sure I have seatbelts back there. I just don't know if I've actually checked for them ever. And I've never ridden back there. So I've never had to check yeah. for myself. I'm going to give you a point because I'm just assuming that they're there. I don't know why they would not be the previous owner, James. He had kids that yeah. rode back there. So I would, and I never took them out. So I would imagine they're still there. Right. <laughs> um, so and does that one need to be more stringent? Do they need to be no lap belts? Do they need to be racing harness? 4.5. I think harnesses? if anything, the mod, the, they need to word it something along the lines of like sufficient seatbelts for the year of the vehicle. Maybe now that said, I'm factory I'm, seat factory belts, seat belts. I'm, I'm second guessing my words here now, because what if they have <laughs> some sort of like early fifties truck where their seat belts weren't installed? Oh yeah. Right. So I think some sort of, I would say three point, three point seat belts. Okay. Wait, three point. What are three point seat belts? That's just a lap. Well, belt. yeah, well, or no, shoulder, I, th- I would say a shoulder and lap. Right. Okay. So there's three. I don't, I'm, I think that's the way that they, yes, they, there's three spots that it kind of, well, it's two across the body, but three locations. Yeah. I don't know. Cause so I know four point. Kermit does not have three, um, three point belts in the back on the sides. And I know there's no shoulder straps on the, for the, for the directly oh, behind. There are actually shoulder yeah. straps on the sides, uh, not, not the, the middle. middle. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I think that's sufficient. Okay. I think this is worded just fine. Yeah. I think seat belts for all the vehicle occupants works. It covers, yeah. if you have somebody in the vehicle, they need to be wearing a seatbelt and you need to have seatbelts for them. I, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, and we both got a point. Yay. Points. I like points. Uh, number, I don't know, eight now, nine, somewhere around there. Nine, it should be, nine. I think. Antennas must be rigid or restrained in a manner to prevent injuries. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So this one's good. They just changed to this one recently because this oh, one yeah. used to say antennas under five feet tall or under four feet tall, I think. Um, and so this one now says antennas must be rigid or restrained in a manner to prevent injuries. The only thing I can kind of think about is uh, f- a fire stick on a s- spring. Mm-hmm. Because I, when I had a CB a long time ago, that thing flung around everywhere. Yes, it did. And it's a rigid antenna. Yeah. 
Um, so the, the, but I think the second part of this is to, or something to prevent injury, however yes. they worded it. Yep. Um, I think that it kind of works still, but I think this one's worded fine. I don't think, I, I think, and I succeed. I think mm-hmm. we both succeed on achieving this. Yeah, I would agree 100%. I think that this is worded fine now. Uh, this is going to be, this was going to be one of the ones I was going to bring up, but as when I pulled up the list, they had changed it since last time I looked at it because it used to say antennas under five feet. And that was because people would run a hundred two inch steel whip antennas. And those things get a lot of speed flying around and they mm-hmm. can, they can do some serious damage to somebody like a bystander watching you go up oh, an absolutely. obstacle. Yeah. So that's really why they had this rule in the first place. And they've recently changed the wording to be restrained in a manner to prevent injuries. Yeah. Which I think is, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that prevents, that answers it all. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. As long as, so if you have a fire stick and it's on a spring and it's bouncing around everywhere and it's hitting people (laughs) and it it could be preventing injury, then you need to solve that. Yeah. So I I think this is good and I think it's, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And I think it really pertains to the 102 inch CB antenna. Yeah. That's just the long rigid is yeah. in a way is, would you consider that a rigid antenna? Uh, like a fire stick? No, the 102 inch. 102. No, no, it's a whip. Okay. It's a whip style antenna. All right. I think a rigid antenna would be something with a fiberglass support in it. So like Got a it. fire stick or, um, what Australians use. So what about, um, the antenna that's on Bobcat? So I don't think that, is considered for as a rigid antenna, but I think that it is restrained in a manner to prevent injuries because it's not long enough to go hitting people. No, nobody's going to be standing within four feet of the truck while it's going up obstacles. Hopefully, right? Otherwise, they're going to have other issues like a broken arm or a leg, like sitting underneath a truck, trying to go back door, holding your kid. So. <laughs> Um, I think that if someone's going to be close enough to your truck to get hit by your antenna, they have other issues and they maybe need to be pulled out of the gene pool. So uh, I think your antenna is fine. I think antennas up on top of rigs are fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if a rig, if that antenna up on top of a rig hits somebody, it's because that rig is rolling over and that person's in the wrong spot watching the vehicle. <laughs> sure. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Eight to eight. Eight to eight. Last, uh, there's two more. So the next one is adequate attachment points, front and rear, i.e. a tow hook, receiver, etc. Tow balls are not permitted. Thoughts? Do you have these? I don't. <laughs> I don't have front ones. Uh-huh. You have body mounts. <laughs> yeah, this is what it, I mean, I could wrap it around the axle. <laughs> right. This is what I was saying. This, yeah. I knew this one was in there. Um, yeah. so I don't like, I fail this one cause I don't have appropriate mounts on the front of my vehicle. Yeah. Though that said, I could Jimmy rig something and make it work mm-hmm. cause I've act, we've done that. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can wrap it around my frame and or I can wrap it around in the axle or, you know, like mm-hmm. there's ways I can do it, but I, to fulfill this requirement, I, I fail. Yeah. I, I fulfill this requirement. Um, being uh, doing a lot of recovery stuff. This was one of the first things I always make sure my vehicles have actually mm-hmm. is uh, adequate recovery points. So I, I don't like the word attachment point that okay. they use because attachment point could be anything that could be a, a quarter inch steel tab that's on your bumper that you cannot recover off of those. <laughs> the factory tow hooks, you do not want to recover off of a factory tow hook. A lot of times those are set up as a, a shear 
uh, a shear strength on bolts that are, you know, just bolted into um, the frame. And it's usually only like one or maybe two bolts if you're lucky. So if you go yanking on that and putting 20,000 pounds of pressure on it, it's very easily that the forces of recovery can shear bolts or shear through your frame with the, the just a one or two bolts that are on factory tow hooks typically. So that's why I like has seeing adequate recovery points front and rear. You need something that's going to withstand upwards of 30, 40,000 pounds of pressure, uh, of force, uh, during a recovery. If, especially if you're going to be yanking on people, if you're just winching people, it's a little bit different. Uh, but for a, a dynamic yanking recovery, uh, please don't use tow hooks. I mean, use it if like there's nothing else there, but then make sure that everybody is out of the line, <laughs> the fire of lining, uh, out of the fire line. Yeah. On those, it's kind of the same as tow balls, right? I was so, going to say, what about tow balls? I say, they same say thing. it in here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that they say tow hooks are okay, but tow balls are permitted, not permitted, not permitted. Yeah. So, uh, I, I would, I do have these. I fulfill this, but I think that this one needs to be more stringent than what they list. So. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I think that. Th- I mean, this is uh, this is a situation when somebody could get hurt. Yeah. You know, and this is, uh, and that's what really what kind of comes down to a lot of these mm-hmm. is is somebody at danger. Yeah. Um, and I think that they could make this one more strict to try and make people think about the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. The last one. Okay. Battery hold downs, no bungee cords. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I 100% agree. <laughs> this needs to be, everybody needs to have this. Um, I don't think that there's any way to word this better. You need to make sure your battery does not move. <laughs> right. And, and no matter what the rig is doing, no matter where, how the rig rolls, how violently the rig rolls, your battery needs to not move. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, Chances of fire. Yes, that's a big chances of fire. Uh, so yeah, that's a, those, that's the list they have. Yeah, I think the only thing that um, I think it's a great list. I think it's mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful starting spot for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's definitely ones like you could, you know, have like here's the minimum requirement and here's mm-hmm. the more stringent requirement. Okay. Um, the only one I think that they should have in there is uh, that what they need to add is uh, tools for. Uh, general general repairs, general breakages, yeah, breakages and general mm-hmm. repairs and mm-hmm. parts, you know? Yeah. And then the question really comes down to like, how strict do they need to be about saying what, Yeah. you know, and you know, and maybe if they just blanket it with like general breakages and tools to repair them with, you yeah. know, or something. Um, I think that that's, you know, I think we've both talked about that in the past and other episodes about you need to carry spare parts and you need to have the tools to be able to fix them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as much as a tire is an issue, so is another broken part. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> and I don't know. I think I'd almost say that maybe it's just me, but I think that I see more broken parts on the trail than busted tires. I definitely see more <laughs> broken parts on the trails than busted right? tires. Yeah. And so, you know, I either they need to combine that with the tire or they need to make another amendment. Yeah. But I think this is a very, very good starting spot mm-hmm. for off-roaders. Cool. I agree. The, they have another section here that they've added recently and it's called recommended equipment. Okay. And the only thing listed, they have one thing listed here. That's it. One thing. That's it. A winch. Nope. Huh. What oil fluid spill kit. 
I think there could be a lot of things that go into this list. (laughs) I under recommended equipment. I think communications, something to communicate with other rigs around you. Um, I think, uh, recommended equipment on, you know, this could be, they could just throw the tools in here here. I think that would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that tools and spare parts there's, yeah, you know, and maybe they even move the spare tire thing down into recommended equipment. I think spare tires are more of a a recommended equipment. I think that being able to repair a tire is necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. But carrying a spare, I don't think that's necessary necessarily, necessarily, necessarily necessary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so do you think the only thing that needs to be added to this list that's missing is the tools? Yeah, so but I, now I'm now that they have this secondary, <laughs> secondary thing, I think that it can go down there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should write them a list. Maybe we should send them, send them a couple podcast. of episodes because <laughs> we have some other episodes that are like, what are recommended safety equipment? What is recommended camping equipment? What is recommended? Yeah. Just well, we were, equipment in general. When we went out and did the Ford ice work day, Glenn was out there. That's true. I mean, yeah. we can talk to Glenn. I've got, we've got a lot of connections with Cal four. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to send them something and see if they add to the website or see if they argue back with us. <laughs> yeah. You know what they, why they feel that this is sufficient. Mm-hmm. It might be interesting just to see. Yeah. One thing that, um, is not on here that I think is important is some way to stop the rig if your gears do give out. So say your drivetrain gives out and you don't have your, your, your engine compression to slow you down, your gearing to slow you down, you need to be able to stop the rig some way. So in, in other words, if your brakes don't work, you shouldn't be on a trail either. <laughs> sure. But, uh, and if your gears don't work, you're probably not there. Exactly. <laughs> but right. are you saying that you should carry some four by fours? I mean, if that's how you park your vehicle, you, you need to have a way to securely park your vehicle overnight. Like, I don't think a line lock works as an overnight parking option. Sure. But you probably have it in park or end in or gears. Or gear, yeah. Uh, and, so that, and so you're saying if that doesn't work. You need to have some way to mm-hmm. stop the vehicle if you don't have gears to stop the vehicle or park or something. Yeah. And do you think that that needs to be in there or do you think they need to just say like, make sure that you understand the fact that you could might need to use rocks or pieces of wood to chalk your tires. Maybe, maybe that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that like, that's like, well, if this thing fails and if that thing fails (laughs) and if this doesn't work now, you (laughs) are down to this. this. It's like, you know, I think that's one of the things it's like roll bar, roll cage, full XO cage, you know, like you could, you know, you could keep going down these lists. Mm -hmm. So do you, can you think of anything else? Maybe I was trying to, I was trying trying to to as well. Um, what about working headlights? Do you think that matters at all? It does. If you're wheeling at night. Yeah. But so maybe that could be like a run specific thing for me. I always, when I'm on a trail with people, um, I always ask the person behind me to turn their headlights on because it helps me find them as we're winding through trees and everything and know that they're still back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quick glimpse. Cause a lot of times I just, it's hard for me to pick up vehicles <laughs> super at, at a quick glimpse in my mirror while I'm bouncing around on a trail that are behind yeah. me. Whereas if they have their headlights on, I know that they're there. I know they're good. I know they're still moving and the whole trip can continue. Yeah. Or at minimum parking lights uh, part DRLs. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a necessity though. Mm-hmm. What about, what, uh, did they have, they had fluids, 
uh, in the suggested area. Recommended equipment, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's okay. What about sliders? Something or, or Pro- maybe protection. protection of some kind? Again, I don't think it's necessary because that is doesn't put a lot of risk to endanger people. It's just going to make you have a not a fun day and it's going to beat your stuff up, but it's not going to put other people in danger, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that could be under a recommended, recommended. also like sufficient vehicle protection, mm-hmm. you know, sliders mm-hmm. and skid plates and diff armor and lower control arm armor and mm-hmm. all the, all the above or, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they did a sufficient job. I think they could broaden some things to kind of, you know, like recover, like make sure you carry proper recovery equipment, mm-hmm. you know, and then maybe just go off on like you need it. You could have, you know, these 10 items, mm-hmm. you know, cause all they really kind of talk about is, um, you need a toe strap or a rope, right? Really? That's it for recovery equipment. You know, and I would and almost say adequate like you, attachment points. Yeah. I would almost say you should have a tree saver, mm-hmm. a snatch block mm-hmm. shackles. Um, what about a winch? Do you think a winch should be no. a requirement? For I can't, events? I can't say yes. <laughs> Why not Jimmy? Cause I've never had a winch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I don't, I'd now does it, it could be a requ- uh, suggested requirement, uh-huh. but, um, I mean, I think in a winch is great to have. Mm-hmm. If somebody has one, that's, I mean, it, that changes the game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're solo going, mm-hmm. you definitely should have one. Um, but if, as long as somebody in the group has one, I think that you'll be fine. Even then, I think there's a lot of situations yeah. where if you have a good kinetic strap and toe strap and recovery gear, you can get vehicles out with just other vehicles. Oh, yeah. so you don't really need a winch. Yeah. That, so. that exact situation happened mm-hmm. when we were down in Hollister with the Esprit de Four clinic the day before the clinic, when we went out uh-huh. just wheeling around, um, somebody was stuck. They were, they had, they were open, open and they were trying to go through this like twisty frame twister thing and they gotcha. were, they were, didn't make Crossed it over. Yep. Right. They just couldn't get the momentum to push them over the next ledge. Uh-huh. And you know, the guy's like, Oh, I can pull out my winch. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'll, I'll just pull out a strap. Like okay. I don't need to, you don't need to winch to me yeah. or me to winch, you know, it's like, I'll just get the strap and hook it to you yeah. and we'll idle, you know, <laughs> five feet and then you're good. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, we don't need to get a winch in this situation. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that they're a necessity. Okay. Here's a good one that just entered my mind. Okay. That I think might spark some debate. Ready? Beer? Uh, leaking fluids. Oh. Well, they have spill kit on there. A spill kit, but... Can you go on a run if you are leaking before you start the run? No, uh, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but should uh, that be a requirement? Non-leaking fluids, like if your diff is leaking, <clears throat> beer Andy, or if your transmission or your T case is leaking, leaking <clears throat> Tyler, or if your Jimmy, Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> or if your rear main seal is leaking, <clears throat> Tyler, um, or if your axle seal is leaking <clears throat> dad. Um, you know, should you, <laughs> should you be allowed to go on a run if you are leaking vehicle fluids before the run even starts? <laughs> I will really want to say no. I really want to say no as well, but I can't bring myself can't to do, do it. it. <laughs> but I, I, I think, yeah. How many people would that knock off of wheeling? Mm-hmm. But then again, if that was the case, if that was a requirement, how many people would actually have better maintained vehicles that yeah. wouldn't break as much mm-hmm. if you were, and how do you prove that it, I mean, besides parking in one location and then waiting to see if there's drops on the ground, you know, like yeah. if you have 
a moist rear output shaft. Uh-huh. <laughs> so any, any moist shaft could be a problem, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I want to say that you should not be leaking fluids. If you're leaking, you should not go on a run. If you're leaking fluids before the run starts. Yeah. I, I would, I would say that. Do I always follow that? No, no, no. Sadly. And that's one of the great things about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think we that, mess up stuff all the time. And well, I think it's a good, you know, and you kind of, I mean, you kind of go into the like, is it really that bad if it drops mm-hmm. once every five minutes, you know, and the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. But is it life? Th- like, I mean, could trails get closed? Well, if every, tra- every, every thousands of thousands of rigs are doing it, then it might possibly get closed. But yeah. If an occasional one is doing it, then no, probably won't mm-hmm. get closed. But is it good? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm no, it's not good. But yeah. Is it, are we able to prevent it? No, probably not. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, you can, but who's going to monitor that? <laughs> yeah. Besides Cal four wheel at their events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. See that would, that would, that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. That or you have a spill kit every time you park. Yeah. Or you can <laughs> just do like a CJ with a CJ and put a diaper on your rig. <laughs> when you decide to go uh, four wheeling on your oil pan, yeah, <laughs> did he just like duct tape a spill kit up to it? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. He had a uh, puppy pads. Oh, really? Puppy pee pads that he carries with him as his, his spill, spill kits. kits kind of thing. So he uh, zip tied or taped one up to his oil pan to get to a spot where we could start working on it. <laughs> that's clever. Yeah, good job, CJ. Right? I thought it was good. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it's a you know. If we're leaking diff fluid or gear oil or um, grease out of your your knuckles, your burr fields, is it should you be going on the run that day? No. That's, yeah. <laughs> you should you probably not. Yeah. Should you be doing maintenance on your vehicle? Yes. Yeah. Should yeah. have we broken that? What we're saying? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think that's one thing that I do want to I do want to change about Kermit is now that I'm going to have a completely newly redone drivetrain, I'm going to try and my, I'm going to keep it from developing leaks ever again. And as soon as a leak does come up, um, I, I, my goal is to fix that leak. That's going to be top priorities before the next trip. Nice. So, yeah, I have a weird leak on Bobcat somewhere in the transmission area uh, <laughs> because it leaks. I think it leaks down onto my skid plate. And uh-huh. then rolls down the skid plate and drips out of this from the skid plate. Oh, interesting. So somewhere under the skid plate is <clears throat> somewhere between the transfer cases. It's leaking. Huh. And I don't know where. Interesting. Yeah. So that does it. That's our, that's the list of uh, safety vehicle requirements from California four wheel drive association and how many Jimmy and I actually have on our rigs and how many that, we agree with how many we disagree with how many we think could be a little more stringent. Maybe some could be a little more lax. What do you guys think? I'm curious to hear what other people will say out there and uh, how many of you guys actually have all of those (laughs) good on your rigs as well. So write us, let us know, give us your feedback. Um, Let us know how your rigs are doing out there. It'd be interesting to find out how many of you guys out there actually have all these items as well. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Congratulations to you, Tyler. Why? You won. You beat me. Woohoo! Nine to ten. I'm the wiener. Hold on, hold on. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. The studio audience again coming in clutch there. Thank you, guys. Yep. 
Uh, you guys can leave now. You're done. I'll <laughs> send you your pay later. So the, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I'm whatever. I, I got one more than you did. I think. Yeah. And it was front recovery <laughs> points. Front recovery points. But we both had one. I can't, and I don't recall what they are now, but we both missed one later down the road. Uh, later from front Early, recovery? Earlier, earlier on the list. We I think both it was had one the, the parking brake. Neither of us has parking brakes. Oh, okay. And yeah. So anyways, uh, let us know what your guys' rigs have. You can send us some feedback. Send us your responses. Send us how well you did. If you want to poke fun that you guys have everything and we don't, um, that's perfectly good too. We'll so just on our, delete the email right away. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so on our list, it, I think it would be, uh, was there, I think there was thir- 12 or 13 items. 11. And we counted one twice. The... Well, the, the, the jack capable and tools to change. Tire. Yeah. So, so 12, that'd be 12 and so then 12. a recommended spill kit for 13. Okay. Well, I didn't count that one. Okay. But so 12. So 12 mm-hmm. and I got nine and you got 10. That's not bad. That's like 80%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I missed something else. That's besides. an A. That's a B. So you missed. That's an A if you're grading on a curve. Thanks. <laughs> so you, what were the two you missed? The parking brake? Parking brake and first aid kit. First aid kit. Yeah. And I missed. Uh, front recovery points, mm-hmm. parking brake, and uh, did I did I I counted the tire not being able to lift oh, the, the jack, tire, the, the jack. jack lifting the vehicle. Yeah, so those are the three I missed. Yeah. Cool, good stuff. Which ones are you guys missing out there? Let us know. Send it into Snail Trail Four X Four on Instagram, Four X Four Toyota Tyler on Instagram, or Jimmy and or Tyler at snailtrail4x4.com and the next episode we'll get to go over the new Ranger Raptor that Charles Locke, our Australian buddy sent us some information on. Did you see the new updates on the Tundra? No. Mm. Ooh, maybe we'll have a vehicle episode, some new new vehicles stuff coming up. Uh, So cool. That does it for this episode. Hope you guys had a good time. Let us know if you did or if you didn't. And if you didn't, go listen to Trail Chasers or Wheeling Wine and Whiskey or Mike and Max or a new one coming out soon. They still haven't launched it, have they? I don't think so. Okay. I don't even know if they have a name. <laughs> the nameless show. <laughs> no, they'll be out here soon. Once they launch, we'll give you guys the info. Uh, some of you guys have heard us talking about them on the show, their listeners, and decided they wanted to start their own show, which is awesome. I think that's super cool. Uh, we always want to encourage people to get out and play with your vehicles, explore your passions. Uh, if you if your passion includes talking about off-roading with, uh, to a computer screen so that everybody else can listen to it in the world, then absolutely go for it. 100% we support you. Do you support them, Jimmy? I support them. Like a jock strap? <laughs> no, I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> Fine. Do you have any final words for everybody? Catch a wave. And with that, my friends, keep crawling. don't get this one did you hear about the dyslexic zombie negative he only eats brains i don't get it either neither do i (laughs) the dyslexic zombie only eats brains isn't that what they only eats brains b-r-i-a-n-s oh he only eats brian's 
Brands. <laughs> okay, uh, that's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn how to read. My dyslexic was dyslexic, kicking in. Right? <laughs> that's funny. What is it called when a zombie makes a lame joke? Uh, it's something about him not walking. A groaner. Groaner? Oh, uh, God. Uh, <laughs> 